Hey, welcome back to the program. Alan Carter off for the next couple of days, taking an extra long weekend. I'm Jeff Semple sitting in his place in the meantime, a senior correspondent for Global National News based here in Toronto. But before I moved back home to Toronto last year, for about five or six years before that, I was based in London, England as a the Europe Bureau Chief um, for Global National News. Uh, it was a great gig, loved living over there, lots to chew on from a news point of view. Of course, there was Brexit unfolding, uh, got to do lots of travel, Europe, Middle East, uh, more than 30 countries around the world. But that gig, that posting also meant that I had to do a lot of reporting on the royal family. So royal babies, royal weddings. I actually got to meet Her Majesty the Queen on one occasion at Balmoral Castle up in Scotland where she was there meeting Julie Payette, our new Governor General, for the first time. Of course, that was before Miss Payette found herself embroiled in a scandal about uh, toxic workplace environments. But anyway, um, yeah, the Maj- Her Majesty the Queen popped in, made a joke about our camera and how the, you know the, these things can film with the lights off now. There's, the technology is so impressive and that was about the extent of our conversation and I just sort of stood there nervously and then bowed awkwardly at the end having no idea what to do um but uh you know and and covering the royal family is a lot of that it's a lot of protocol and pomp and circumstance not always my cup of tea I'll admit but I remember reporting on the royal family when you know suddenly Meghan Markle came out of nowhere and and joined the family and suddenly struck up this romance with Prince Harry. And it was so interesting at the time. I mean, you know, even their wedding was different. They remember, you'll remember they had that revivalist preacher in to give the sermon. And there was so much talk at the time about how, you know, the royal family, they, this couple was going to help to modernize the royal family. You know, their star power was going to bring the family into the future. The royal family's popularity was going up as a result. Boy, what a difference two years can make. And what we have seen over the past several days, excerpts from a book, Finding Freedom, uh, which has been uh, a new book by a couple of royal reporters, chronicling what chronicling what the authors claim is a deepening rift between Prince Harry, his wife Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, and Buckingham Palace, which ultimately led to the couple's decision to get out of Dodge and take a step back from public life, move first to Canada, now to L.A., Lots, uh, you know, the book isn't published yet, but we have seen, as I say, excerpts of it published in, serialized in the Times and the Sunday Times. To talk a bit about what we've seen so far, what to make of it, we are joined on the line now from jolly old England by Phil Dampier, a royal author, royal expert, a man I know very well and have interviewed many times during my stint in Europe. Phil, great to have you on the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, hi, Jeff. It's uh, lovely to hear your voice again. I hope you're well in these very, very strange times. I thought your summing up there of the last couple of years was absolutely fascinating, puts it all in perspective. And uh, as you say, so much has changed, uh, you know, in two years. You know, that's that fantastic wedding. I thought Meghan was going to be a breath of fresh air to the royal family. I really did. And uh, it's all gone sour, and it's uh, it's rather sad to, to look back on it. And, uh, well, let's let's talk about this book, if you like, this Finding Freedom. It's been, We've had wall-to-wall coverage uh, in the last uh, week over here. And I have to say, it hasn't really told us anything new because, uh, you know, we knew that the Queen had told uh, Harry and Meghan that they couldn't be half in, half out of the royal family. And uh, we knew that uh, William had asked, um, had asked Harry to sort of be careful and not rush into uh, marriage with Meghan and take his time. And so really, uh, it, the book has turned into, you know, one long whinge, so to speak. And I think the most important thing is that uh, most people suspect that Harry and Meghan are behind this book. Uh, they like uh, they like suing people, but they haven't uh, mentioned anything about this book. So you can only assume that they approve of it. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> that's right, because it's the one publication that hasn't been sued. Um, but, you know, I think it does, especially for people who watched William and Harry grow up together, um, in terms of the rift between the brothers, as you say, a lot of this we we knew already, but that one stood out to me. I mean, in terms of the bad blood within the family and between those two, how credible is that in your assessment? Well, as you say, they had this unbreakable bond, didn't they? We all remember, or people of a certain age remember them, you know, marching behind the coffin of Princess Diana at her funeral in 1997. You always thought that that was the one thing that brought them together, their shared experiences. And they seemed so close at one point and used to get on so well. And so this is very, very sad that they've grown apart like this. And it does, unfortunately, this book is not going to help to heal those wounds. That is the big problem. To be honest, I can't see... Harry and Meghan coming back to the UK in the foreseeable future. I mean, there's rumours that they've been invited to join the Queen up at Balmoral. She's going up to Scotland for her annual summer holidays, but that's going to be very difficult because of COVID. And so I can't really see them coming back. And it makes you wonder whether the Queen, who's obviously, who's now 94, and uh, Prince Philip, who's uh, 99, it was great to see him the other day, are ever going to see little Archie, their great-grandson, again. You know, it's, 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 it's rather sad, this whole family rift. But uh, during the COVID crisis, uh, William and Kate have, have become, their popularity, I would say has soared you know they've become very popular during the uh, during the crisis during the lockdown with some of their videos whereas Harry's been popping up on some of his videos did one today actually for Travelist which is his new uh, sustainable travel organization and he looks like he's on a sort of hostage video when he when he pops up you know and uh, looks like you, you imagine sort of Megan controlling the strings in like a puppet behind him it's 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 you know I might be being unfair to her there I think obviously when they when the Covid crisis is over they'll be able to get out and express themselves more but at the moment he looks a bit of a sad, forlorn and sort of isolated figure in L.A. And uh, I'm not sure that he's enjoying it, whether he's whether he actually looks at himself and thinks, have I made a dreadful mistake? Only time will tell. Oh, it's interesting because uh, some of the excerpts that I've read that that surprised me a bit seem to suggest that that Harry was was really the driving force behind the idea to to get out of town and, and to move. I think people just assumed, you know, because Meghan Markle was new on the scene, that it was, you know, her decision. But, you know, maybe it wasn't that simple. Well, I'm sure it was a bit of both, but uh, I think Harry's probably struggled with some demons for many years now. I don't think he was very happy being a royal, and, uh, you know, I think that Meghan possibly brought out of him a lot of the angst that he had over his mother's death, you know, and maybe he'd bottled things up for a long time, but I think she, she got some of that out of him, got him to confront those demons, and maybe that was a good thing to start with, but possibly he's overdone it a bit, and, uh, you know, we can't keep just thinking of him as, as as this little boy walking behind the coffin. He's a grown man now. He's He's responsible for his own decisions. And unfortunately, he was very, very popular in this country at one point. And now people are really just shrugging their shoulders and saying, well, we don't really care about him. We don't really care about Meghan. You know, we we forked out a lot of money and bought into this fantastic wedding. And as you say, it was only two years ago. And everyone really thought that, um, you know, Meghan was going to be a new royal superstar. She was going to attract a lot of ethnic minorities uh, to be uh, interested in the royal family and follow the royal family that maybe hadn't done before. And I think people really thought it was going to be a great thing. And, and, And half of that time that she's been in the royal family, she was pregnant. So... You know, she hasn't really stuck at it. And uh, when you compare that to the Queen's, you know, over 60 years on the throne and, and, and the service she's put in, it, it, it doesn't really bear comparison. So it's, it is rather sad. Yeah, they might have to add another season to The Crown on Netflix to make sure they that... they have uh, added another season to The Crown, actually. <laughs> <laughs> they, probably, they probably will take it on, yeah. Oh, God. Well, there, at least some good has come out of this then, <laughs> I suppose. Phil Dave... It certainly is, yeah. Yeah, Phil Devier, royal author. We'll talk about the credibility of that show another day. But thank you so much for joining us here. Really great to hear your voice again, and uh, do take care. Yep, thanks, Jeff. Nice to hear you.